I found that I was making a difference, you know, when I was going to court and, and arguing against a case or a lawsuit that was being filed and making a difference in terms of, of speaking up in that way. When you find what you love, whatever area that it is, and being dedicated to that area, that makes it fun, that makes it enjoyable and worthwhile sure. to want to come in and go to work every day. Welcome, everybody. My name is Peter Egerding, and today I'll be your host. Uh, for this episode, we are thrilled to have Nicole Agard as our guest. She received her BA in Political Science and African American Studies from Binghamton University in Binghamton, New York, and her Juris Doctor from Northeastern University School of Law in Boston, Massachusetts. She began her professional career as a labor and employment associate at a law firm in Newark. She then served as a deputy attorney general for the state of New Jersey, went on to work as associate counsel for the Elizabeth School Board, and then as employee relations coordinator in the New Jersey Governor's Office of Employee Relations in Trenton, overseeing the collective negotiation agreements for represented executive branch employees and for represented employees at the nine state colleges and universities. Currently, she is the chief equity and diversity officer at Ramapo College, and oversees the college's Office of Equity, Diversity, Inclusion, and Compliance, which was created in 2016 with the goal of coordinating leadership for diversity, inclusion, compliance, and equity matters throughout the college. Ms. Agard, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. All right. So before we get into your extensive career, um, I was thinking we should go back to the beginning. So you're clearly a leader in many ways in your field. Um, but at what point did you realize you wanted to go down this career path and what kind of shaped you into the leader you are today? Good question. Thank you. And first off, it's a pleasure to be here. So thanks so much for inviting me. I think back to when I went to college and undergraduate school, Binghamton University. Initially, I thought I would have a little bit of an interest in math and then learned pretty quickly on that once I got to college, that wasn't as interesting as it was and decided to just try out different areas, take different courses, and really just really enjoyed political science, African-American studies, and so I decided to major in that. Liked having discussions about politics. Initially, I thought that maybe politics, and maybe I would get into politics. Um, and I actually took a year off after graduating college before going to law school. I was thinking about going to law school, but I wanted some time to really see if that's what I wanted. And so I ended up um, getting an internship with an assemblyman, a New York State assemblyman, and worked there for a year. And thought, you know what, politics maybe is not my niche. Let me go to law school and see what I want to do. And so it was when I went to law school and I did the same thing. I, I knew I wanted to be a lawyer, but I wasn't sure what area of law. 
started taking a number of classes and really did. I loved the employment law area, discrimination law, sexual harassment, those type of areas. And so that's how I ended up where I am now, just focused on that area. Just trying out all different areas to see what I like, what I don't like. I did a criminal law clinic and realized criminal law was not for me. And so that's how I ended up doing, starting out doing employment related work and then ended up here. Sure. Well, that thank you. That's that's very interesting. I think, you know, that's definitely part of most people's leadership journeys is, you know, trying out different pieces, especially with law, that there's so many different branches you could go down. So um, definitely an important you know thing to do. So can you explain uh, for, for the people who don't know what your job is and what you do currently and what that sure. kind of entails? So as the um, chief equity and diversity officer, sometimes most people say CDO, chief diversity officer, my responsibility is to oversee. I have responsibility for three specific areas at the college, the Office of Affirmative Action, uh, the Office of Title IX, and the Office of Equity and Diversity Programs. In addition, um, I serve as a member of the president, President Mercer's cabinet, senior cabinet. So um, I participate in major decisions and discussions that occur on campus and try to infuse conversations about diversity and equity in all decisions that we make at the college. In terms of affirmative action and, and Title IX, it's more of the compliance area where um, if a student or staff or faculty have a complaint or feel that they've been discriminated or treated unfairly, they would go to our Office of Affirmative Action. If a student wants to report sexual misconduct, anything of that nature, she would go to Title IX. And then within equity and diversity programs, we try to create programs for students to get involved in, to learn about different ethnicities, different races. For example, November starts um, Native American Heritage Month. So we're gonna have an opening proclamation on Monday we just finished up with Hispanic Heritage Month or Latinx Heritage Month, as it, as it is also known. And just try to come up with ideas to engage our students and give them an opportunity to get to know each other. Sure. So you spoke about engagement there at the end. Kind of segues to my next question. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about young leaders especially. So a big thing, diversity and inclusion have increasingly been um, important conversations to have in any leadership setting. Correct. Um, so what is the best way that a leader can support diversity and inclusion and how, how can you facilitate that conversation? Do you have any kind of leadership tips in that arena? Yeah, I think everybody is diverse. Everybody plays a role in having a diverse campus, a diverse society. And I think the importance is learning, being open to learning about others, not being afraid to ask questions. And if the wrong questions are asked, to apologize, that's how we learn but really taking an opportunity just to get to know someone that may not be directly like yourself and learning how beneficial it is to be in a diverse environment, in a diverse community. Definitely. Yeah, that's, that's some very sage advice. I think yep. that's increasingly, especially in this kind of time, that's yeah. been a conversation more and more that's, for some people, very difficult. So it's, it's important to keep that in mind. I think that's yeah, very I, important. I think the, the other thing that I would add would be to speak up. Hmm. Many times we are in a position where we may see or hear wrongdoing, and silence is, is almost being complicit. And so just speaking up when you, someone says something that um, you know that is wrong, sure. I think that's how it starts too, and, and that's how you grow as a leader. That definitely speaks to leadership, being mm -hmm. able to take charge and say, you know, either, you know, I, I'm at fault or, you know, there's sort of an issue here. So that discussion is... Very important. So. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> sure. 
And I think that, so that sort of speaks to this question as well. But what are some qualities that a leader in your field or a leader when discussing um, diversity and inclusion, what are some qualities that they should have or could work towards to sort of facilitate a good conversation? Listening, I think, as I said before, listening to others, but asking a lot of questions. Not being afraid to, you can be in a group discussion. For me, I found there were a lot of times where some questions, this is the first time that I've actually worked in a university. And so I found a lot, especially I would be in meetings and they would talk and, you know, use acronyms such as CDO for Chief Diversity Officer and just assume that everyone knows what it means. Um, And there were times that I would look around and wait for somebody else to ask the question thinking I can't be the only one who doesn't know what they're talking about. And not being afraid to ask because you're not going to learn until you ask, until you find a way to show, not necessarily to be assertive, but to show that you can contribute to a conversation, that you're an important contribution and that what you have to say matters. Definitely. I agree. I think we've discussed that at the Institute as well. A good Mm -hmm. leader is able to kind of listen and not just kind of be, you know, an authoritative voice, but to take part in conversation and questions are absolutely key. Um, That's a big part of everybody's leadership journey is asking questions. So especially in this regard, I think that's a good, very good advice. Again, thank you. Oh, no. (laughs) So, um, sure. So in your career, what are the most kind of rewarding experiences? So you've talked about um, your experience with university students, and you also worked with New Jersey and with different um, offices. So what are the most kind of, like, what gets you up in the morning? What what makes you very passionate or, you know, focuses you on this career, if that makes sense? I would say it would be trying to make a difference, mm-hmm. no matter, you know, what type of work you're doing. Obviously, I feel that this is more worthwhile because I am contributing to our college, being more diverse, teaching our students about diversity and equity. Um, but even when I was an attorney and I was just practicing, you know, employment law, employment discrimination, I found that I was making a difference, you know, when I was going to court and and arguing against a case or a lawsuit that was being filed and making a difference in terms of of speaking up in that way. So I think that's finding what you find when you find what you love, Mm. whatever area that it is, and being dedicated to that area. That makes it fun. That makes it enjoyable and worthwhile to want to come in and go to work every day. Definitely a bonus. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, that, that kind of journey of finding what you were looking for. We talked about earlier just your kind of for law school and everything and for um, also just in a career. I think that's very, very important. So finding doing what you love right. and it definitely speaks to leadership in that in that way that you can that's kind of passion that being able to contribute. Definitely. <laughs> that's good. So, yeah, we've so we've been talking about like that rewardingness, that kind of passion, that sort of an aspect. Do you see that in kind of at the campus when you're with younger people? Can you see sort of as a leader your effect taking taking place? Can you see other people joining on? And that, is that kind of something you're looking for as a leader? Definitely. I find students now, too, what I've been finding in students is that they're already leaders mm-hmm. when they get to campus. They know what they want, they have questions, they're assertive, which is great. You know, I think it's a matter of encouraging more students to be involved and to get involved. When I speak to students, it's one of the things that I say that there are, you know, being on a campus, there are so many opportunities to get involved in whatever it is. Um, You know, not everyone has to be 
the one to feel that they have to step up and speak for the cause, but to join an organization, to join a sports, you know, just follow your passion, find something that you enjoy doing and try to do it with others. So you can connect with other individuals. Sure. Yeah, everybody's a leader in their own right. I that's think right. that's um, absolutely. And it doesn't have to be in, you know, you don't have to have a title. I think that's that's, that's right. part of it. Yeah. Um, so I think you've kind of spoke to encouragement and, you know, getting people's voices out there. So are there any kind of tips you have for getting people to come out of their shell? I know that's kind of some people it's very difficult when you're having um, a discussion as a leader to get kind of people who are working with you or under you to speak up, to have that kind of dialogue. So do you have any maybe personal ways of doing that? Or I guess just some of the ways are just conversation. But, yeah. Um, I, you brought up the questions too. Yeah, I think it would start with conversations. I've had some friends who, when I was in college, I would think back and say, oh, I'm going to this meeting or, you know, I'm going to the Student Government Association. They're having a meeting. Let's go. And they just weren't interested. So what I would do was go back and have conversations. They would say, how was the meeting? I might mention that there was a topic or that there's a particular group on campus that's looking for additional members. And I think just engaging in conversation, letting them know what I'm doing and what's out there. So eventually one, one friend, girlfriend in particular, she didn't at any point come with me to any of the meetings, no matter how I tried. But I, just in conversation and mentioning other activities that she found that she would be interested in, she ended up doing and going to, um, and then became a leader in her own right in a different area. So I think, like you said, it's just engaging in conversation, getting to know individuals, and making them feel comfortable to feel that they can come out. Sure. Well, that's good. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. So another sort of question we ask most of the, the people on the podcast, but do you have any books or, or podcasts or anything like that for leaders in your field or just leaders in general that you kind of recommend that you always mention or anything like that? Do you have any? Right now, I would say the staple that I've been following since I've been the chief diversity officer, there is a book written by Damon Williams, and it's called The Chief Diversity Officer. Mm. Um, he also does a book on um, strategic planning, diversity planning. So those are really excellent books for individuals, not even if, regardless of whether you're interested in becoming a chief diversity officer, but if you have an interest in diversity and in equity and in social justice, I think that's a good book to start with. Sure. That's that's good. I hope some of the people will read that. Yeah, <laughs> good. definitely. Always good. We, that's such an important one because I think, you know, you can listen to the podcast and, you know, but that extra step when you're really interested. So I think that's really something we're looking to spread. And I hope yeah. that knowledge is so important, um, especially on, on diversity and inclusion. So that, that kind of uh, an in a question I have for you then. When Talking about diversity and inclusion, do you find there to be difference in, in generations? So you're working at a university um, right now. Is there? Do you ask different questions to the students versus adults, or do you see um, any difference there? I know technology-wise there's a difference in leadership style and right. in, in sort of social media and that yeah. interaction, but yeah. do you see kind of any differences there? I don't know. If Definitely. Hmm. Yes and no, actually. Let me go back on that. I think for in talking with, because I, I generally part of my job is to engage in conversations with staff and students and faculty. I think the biggest, what I would say, the common issue that they all share is wanting to see a more diverse campus, wanting to see more students 
faculty would like to see more diverse students in their classes. Students would like to see more diverse faculty and staff. So I think they have that common ground. And then I think for, for faculty and staff, when I talk to them, they're more focused on where is the college posting for jobs? What are we doing to try and encourage more diverse faculty and staff to apply? And then you talk to the students and they go into where are we recruiting? Where is our admissions office going to campuses? Are we getting the word out about the college? So I think it's more specific in those ways. There's a, a global interest in overall seeing the campus more diverse. But I think on those two levels, then they do have different um, perspectives and interests. Sure. I think that's part of a leader, too, is navigating those differences. Yeah. You know, um, Especially as kind of a leader in that aspect, students will kind of act differently than peers or advisors that you're you're kind of working with. So I think that's that, that makes sense. It's good that there's that shared goal, though. I think that's an important culture to have. Yeah. An important. Yeah. So we discussed leaders as well. Are, do you follow any on social media talking about that new kind of younger generation? Do you follow anybody on social media? Or is there anyone that's really good at that in the news? Anything like that that you see um, often, maybe at your university or at a different one, anything like that? I actually find, I don't, I'm not a big social media person. I do follow Trevor Noah. Mm-hmm. I think he brings a good perspective where he brings diversity and inclusion into his conversations, but there's comedy about sure. it. So I think it's easier to be able to engage when you have that. And separate from social media, I would say with TV, I love watching Jimmy Kimmel. Um, I think he's a funny comedian, but he tends to also, at least in the introduction, bring in um, seriousness and talk about the importance of diversity and, and equity. So, It also speaks to that kind of large audience that, you know, it engages with younger people, it engages yeah. with older people. Yeah. And, and I agree with the, the comedy aspect. I think yeah. that's, especially in this kind of, um, you know, day and age, comedy is something that will kind of alleviate that to, to yeah. an extent. So. Yeah. Definitely. I think I think that's good advice. Again, I, I you know, I haven't <laughs> I've said that a lot on this on this interview. Oh, that's but <laughs> OK. That's OK. I'm sure. Yeah, I think so. Uh, talking about kind of equity is, is a big um, question mm-hmm. and the diversity of opinions of people, everything like that. Um, what is kind of a definition of diversity and how how can people play into that? How can you make your campus more diverse? Um, what are the best strategies in that regard? Um, I think one of the things that I mentioned, particularly when we talk about faculty and staff and what we're doing to hire more diverse faculty and staff, um, it's really, I think we all have inherent biases where we look to work with someone who's more similar to ourselves, who has specific categories and characteristics that are like ourselves. And so I think part of that and part of bringing in diversity and equity is to kind of look outside. Mm -hmm. And it's a process. But to be open-minded in terms of working with individuals that may not be like yourself, Mm -hmm. but may bring, you know, characteristics that can add and contribute in other ways. So I think that's where it starts. It's where diversity is. And and just having a broad number of different characteristics getting together with individuals, having and working with other individuals, being in class with other individuals who contribute in a variety of different ways and are not like ourselves. Yeah, you, like we, we talked about kind of asking questions, but I think the other heart of half of that is receiving those questions, That's right. right? Being able to facilitate that where you can, you can reach out to someone who isn't maybe have the same thought process you do, but to kind of, you know, learn something. I think right. that's, that's very key. We, we 
do that with the institute as well, um, having the different disciplines. You know, I'll, I'll have a different conversation with an education major and hear a completely different story than with a diplomacy major, right. although it's, you know, the same topic. So yeah. uh, I think even, you know, the top le levels of government do exactly the same thing, where, you know, if you have the same sort of conversation happening over and over, it, you know, it doesn't amount to much. It's sort of just that one opinion. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, definitely. I, I think so. That, that whole comedy aspect was, is really, I, I think, is very interesting as well in having, asking those hard questions, right, and, and kind of, you know, allowing that dialogue to happen in a way that isn't, oh, this is, you know, you're attacking me. Like or this confrontational, is, right. Right, right. Getting away from that and yeah. sort of making it just a fluid um, conversation. Yeah. I think that's um, absolutely. It's important. <laughs> yeah, it's important. Absolutely. Yeah, so, so. With your job and with kind of um, law and all of that, um, so I'm a diplomacy major, okay. I'm, so I'm interested awesome. in political science, that okay. sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so how has that law degree, I know there, there are leaders out there, this is, you know, um, not just specific to me, I hope, but how does that law degree help in your field or in, in a field similarly to kind of attack different problems, come across as, you know, uh, I know it, it gives you a certain way of thinking. So I don't know, if, how does that play into all of this? I think it definitely does help in a certain way of thinking, particularly in, in the area of law that I practice as an attorney doing employment discrimination. Um, a lot of times I find that individuals of all kinds, I mean, all different backgrounds, may not realize that certain things that they say others can find offensive mm. until they're told there's a lawsuit or someone sure. goes and finds, files a complaint. And so I think it's, it's nice to be on to be working in an area where I'm not defending a lawsuit or I'm not going to court for a lawsuit, but having the conversation beforehand to say, let's rethink what you said or what you did. Can you understand why this person would feel, may feel offended by what you said? Or can you understand why somebody may be put back because we're in a group of room, we're in a room with a group of individuals and everyone looks the same, everyone is the same race? the same gender yeah it allows for those questions to yeah. be asked it really yeah. facilitates without that confrontation that's right as you talked about right no that's that's extremely important i think that's that's a good theme to pick up on that yeah. that you know it, it leadership isn't about kind of you know hey what are you what are you doing there <laughs> you know it's it's more about you know facilitating that conversation making sure you know because the end goal like you were saying isn't to cause any problems it's it's good it's you know it's diversity inclusion it's all about making the world a better place and right. you know that that might start small on a on a college campus yeah. but that's absolutely <laughs> so. and I think mm. part of being a good leader is listening and and when you see leadership qualities in others to you know help them along as well mm. I'm a big proponent about helping others along as we move up well, that, that's great. I, I, as a as an aspiring leader, that's that's yeah. <laughs> um, that's definitely something. I think, you know, as as a college student on on that level, it's always nice to feel heard. And I yeah. think that's um, from what I've heard about uh, your job as well. That's um, a very important part of it. And I think that's giving people that agency. That yeah. you know, it again, you know, no confrontation, nothing like that. Lifting people up, uh, making them leaders. That's um, really how you shape a, a strong. Yeah. All right. Well, I think, you know, we've obviously, um, if you had like one word about leadership, if you had, it could be something we've already discussed, but like one thing that you think all leaders should have 
because um, obviously, you know, you can be a different type of leader. But um, if there's one thing you think is necessary at the, at the core of, of leadership, what, what do you think it would be? It doesn't have to be just one thing, too. Um, <laughs> I would say be open-minded. Um, be a good listener. All right. Well, I think that's about all the time that we have. Okay. Um, so I want to awesome. thank you, Miss Agard, for coming out on the podcast. Oh, thank you so and much. to our listeners out there, we'll see you next week. All right. Perfect. It was a pleasure. Bye.